Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Looking forward to another fantastic hour. Thanks to the guys who are here. Now I've got the amazing and insightful ladies of the roundtable. Rebecca Maxwell Haney, my producer, is uh, at the helm today, as is Rosie and Angela and Kim. That's the team, the panel. It's going to be a great hour. Let us know what discussions or questions or issues you would like us to talk about I've got a couple on my list, but I want it to be a, a show for you. So if you have a question for them, let us know. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Connecting Faith to Life is the focus of Faith Radio. If you're new to our ministry, welcome. Through daily Bible teaching and compelling conversations, we want you to grow in your faith and learn to apply God's Word to everyday life. Faith Radio is part of the Northwestern Media family based in St. Paul, and we'd love to introduce ourselves to you. Get to know us better and request a free welcome packet today at MyFaithRadio.com. So I'm told I'm supposed to be creative with my romance this month. So honey, I've got my work belt on and I'm ready to knock down some walls. You may have an idea or two up your sleeve, but no act of love was more creative than God putting on more than a work belt. He put on flesh to feel our pain, our joy, to really know us, and then carried our shame to a cross so we could know Him. It's the greatest love story ever told, and He's still telling it to you today. Faith Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Let the questions roll in. 877-93-FAITH. Had a comment already. I think we're going to address that one. I've got a new way of phrasing this hour, thanks to a listener, and nicely done. Um, And this listener said, let's see here, now I've lost it. Oh, what if you referred to the queens of the roundtable as amazing and insightful, which I think I'm going to start doing. Thanks to this listener. Instead of talking about appearance and saying beautiful, just a thought. Well, changed. Yeah, changed just like that. You're so responsive. Done. I love how responsive. I'm Mr. Make Things Happen around here. (laughs) Right? Somebody has to be. Right. (laughs) Well done. Well, so the word beautiful has been taken out. And, you know, it's just interesting. We We just had a little sidebar conversation as you were changing that about the implications of being a woman and, um, making note of appearance mm-hmm. when we're trying to find things, um, we're trying to have different descriptors of who we are, like insightful, I love it. But I think there's also that fine line where oversensitivity, I like being called beautiful. You know, I believe I'm beautiful inside and out. And I know my husband's listening, so he's going to be like, heck yeah. You know, <laughs> but, and I think that's as okay. well he should. Yes. yes, I think that's okay. You know, as long as it's not the only descriptive that we have as women. Right. Because we are brilliant and made by the hand of God and, you know, on and, and on. And who's to say I ever intended it to be physical appearance? Right. Beautiful is from the inside out. Yeah, you can exactly. have a beautiful personality. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you guys have that in spades. All right. of you. This right. beautiful Thank you, spirit, Thank this you. beautiful Thanks. personality. 
and it comes out every time we do this hour. We'll receive that. Well, mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> I get it, but I don't want a connotation to be um, trivial or superficial. Right. And I think it has, and, and part of the conversation that we had offline a little bit was that that byline would kind of, uh, me, I don't know. I oh, can't put cringing. words to that. Yeah, yeah, the cringe. cringe. The cringe. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think I, I need to own my filter of how I was hearing that too. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't necessarily saying that you had to change anything, but it was it was interesting how that did fall that way on me, because I think we do see that a lot where women are, are women either are or feel like they are having a lot of value put on their looks, which we talked a little bit about two weeks ago when we were talking about the whole Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime show. But I think too for women in the church to have identity and to have value outside of the way that they look or um, I'm going to get into controversial (laughs) things. I don't mean to, but like our role in the church and what women can Mm -hmm. and cannot do. And when you're attaching physical attributes or beauty as physical beauty, I think that can be frustrating when you feel like you're called to more than that. So maybe even limiting, Mm -hmm. you know, so that it's, when someone says beautiful, I naturally, if someone gives me a compliment for beautiful, I naturally think of who God's made me inside first because the um, the redeeming, his redeeming love in my life has made me beautiful on the inside, even mm-hmm. gross with all the sin and everything. And so the limit, though, is is in the physical appearance or the um, association of the word beautiful to physical appearance, that there's so much more. I think when I came up with this idea, I just had... Just finished my 17th cup of coffee. (laughs) And I said, let's do guy talk. Let's just have an hour where smart guys come in Mm -hmm. and, you know, biblical, well-versed guys. And we're just going to talk like guys. And we're not trying to sell a book. We're not trying to promote anything. We're just saying Mm -hmm. eavesdrop on this conversation. I think you'll have Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, I can't call it girl talk. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. Nobody likes being girls. You don't like being called girls. I don't guys mind. don't guys don't Although care. The older I, I get when I get called I don't miss. Mind. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, if a waitress calls me miss, she will get a big tip. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Instead of misses or, or ma'am. But especially oh, ma'am. if you're oh. having a, a deeper conversation, you're gonna reflect on scripture or some of life's bigger questions. I'm I'm an adult, right? I'm a woman, I have a fully formed opinion. And girl talk to me makes me think of like teeny bopper magazines and talking about your crush. Yeah. And that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. I got called sir the other day at Costco. Sir, I think you've had enough free samples. <laughs> Did that make you feel dignified? Well, I had a few more and I left. And, and I left in kind of a crabby mood. Because frankly, I don't think I'd had enough. <laughs> well, one thing that you said offline, Bill, that I think it's important for listeners to hear too, is that you grew up with sisters. Mm-hmm. And so your appreciation for women is a lot of that. It sounds like, uh, now I'm putting words in your mouth. sounds like a lot of it comes from your relationship with your sisters and so when you were thinking about Queens of the Roundtable, it was from kind of that perspective. Very honoring. Yeah, I just and I wanted to go over the top because mm-hmm. I just wanted to place this. Uh, I wanted to make this such a welcoming place. Mm-hmm. I think coming in and doing a live radio show can be a little intimidating. And you guys are so good. And listen to me, I just called you you guys, but you're not guys. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> but you didn't say yeah. girls, so, every, so yeah, three yeah, of but, us are, but, or two of but, us are yeah. happy. <laughs> but to me, I was just fussing. I was yeah. just fussing over you. Oh, honoring, placing value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All of those things are good. And honestly, that's what God does in his sight as well. Think about why we can consider ourselves beautiful. Because for many women, that is a huge struggle. Yeah. We mm-hmm. look in the mirror. We don't like what we see. We could see good things about every other woman, but we couldn't ever believe that about ourselves. That is a struggle even for women in Christ. Mm-hmm. And yet God says we are he says we are his own image. He says we are his daughters once we are in Christ. He sees the blamelessness of Christ, the flawlessness of Christ, and that is what he sees reflected in us. He calls us God's handiwork, God's masterpiece. And then he also says that our beauty shouldn't be uh, coming from the outside, but it's from our spirits, from the gentleness that we have, from the virtue that we can cultivate by his grace. So God does call us beautiful and flawless in Christ. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, hopefully we're recognizing that in one another. And we're encouraging one another by seeing that goodness of God in each other. I think that's an amazing thing to call out and recognize. But we also need to to remember that about ourselves as well. And just maybe not be so hard on ourselves. Yeah. We had a planning meeting today for the Set Apart Conference that's coming up next week. And we were talking about the women gathering. And I and we were talked a little bit about how we were praying for ourselves and, and our own attitudes going into it and 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 recognizing that even though we know Jesus, we're in Christ, there is still that struggle and how like women dress for other women and really wanting it to be a welcoming time mm-hmm. for all the women that are there. It's a nice way to plug Set Apart, too. Thank you. Say more about Set Apart. Let's say more about Set Apart. So um, Angela and I are on Set Apart Committee, and it is one of the longest-running conferences for women in the Midwest, if not the United States. We don't know that last line for sure. Midwest. Midwest. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we have Allie Worthington and Crystal Evan Hurst coming to speak about Rest for Your Soul. They're our keynote speakers. But what I love about this conference is that everybody that's attending is coming to draw closer to Christ and the speakers are pouring into them. The featured speakers are pouring into them. And then you have workshops that you can attend. So you're not just sitting drinking in wisdom, but you're actually participating. And the Lord has things for you specifically for every person in attendance to learn. Mm-hmm. And there's workshops for those things. So it's just wonderful. And we, and Angela was talking about what we love so much about it is the buzz the sisterhood of Christ, the buzz, the joy that's happening in all the hallways as they're just drinking in the Holy Spirit through these speakers. What a great time to gather and fellowship and grow and do all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a little break. And if you have a question or an issue you would like us to chew on, the ladies, by, by that I mean the ladies, not me, let us know. Send a text, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-93-FAITH. We'll be right back. Back with the amazing and insightful Queens of the Roundtable. Let us know with questions you'd like us to chew on, 877-93-FAITH. Uh, ladies, why is it so hard to believe we've been made new? What's up with that? Because uh, we're still living in our old bodies. Mm. And our own our old sin life. Yeah, I was going to say, we still make this what made, feels like the same mistakes. Right? Yes. But we're made new. I know. Yeah. Right? Well, and I think to understand... That there's the made new when you come to know Christ, 
but then there's also the renewing process of our hearts and minds. So it's an it's a yes. There's a one time, and then there's the ongoing a sanctification. Yeah, the sanctification process. It's also um, I think understanding too the redeeming nature of God. It's one of my favorite attributes of His because He redeems. He's constantly redeeming me in present time, hmm. um, restoring because I am made new. And then when we walk away from that and go back into a sin behavior of whatever it may be. He redeems that. He's continually redeeming and continually refreshing. It's beautiful. And I think there might be some value in having to have those moments, those little moments where you have the conviction, right? And then you are working to make the change. And the repentance means you're going to make a 180. But sometimes you make the 180 and then you start to mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. hedge back towards. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And then you realize what's happening and, you, and there's a little bit more of a degree towards that total opposite reaction. And you become aware of whatever it is, your language, your attitude towards someone that's difficult in your life, your pain, whatever there is that's causing you to sin. You start to, it's like a high beam is shot, shot at it. And suddenly you become aware. And I think that, that there's value in that versus God. God just saying like that it's mm-hmm. gone and you're never going to think about it again because there's more to the story. And then we have influence over one another and the people that are in our lives to be able to share what God is doing, mm-hmm. what he did mm-hmm. do and yes. what he is doing. There's power in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the same thing is it, you're so right, Kim. The same thing is pointed out in Colossians in the, the passage where it says, don't lie to each other yep. for you have taken off your old self with all of that baggage, nastiness, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the creator. So it's, it's both. It's you are, the old things have passed away and you are new, but you are being renewed. Exactly. As you Mm -hmm. said, Rosie, it's both, it's both. And it's, Mm -hmm. it has happened. It is happening. It will happen. And that makes me think too about that. What, how do you do that process? And I just started a study for Lent, which started yesterday with Ash Wednesday. And the study I was doing was going over Christ being, Jesus being tempted. And and how was it that he was combating what Satan was bringing at him? And it was with scripture. And so when you were talking, Kim, I was thinking about, um, I used to use language that wasn't edifying. And so I had to memorize Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And so when when I would either say that or think think the things I would, okay, Ephesians 4, 29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And it's that ongoing, the ING, being transformed. And I think, too, in Romans, um, it says that God speaks into, God speaks things into being as if they were, even though they are not yet. And so saying, I will be walking with Christ, I will come on top of this sin nature, whatever it may be. Um, I know several people who suffer suffer with addiction and their ability to know that one day the Lord is going to help them to be free because he spoke that into being already. And it's just, it's a beautiful expression of his unconditional love because he says we're new. And then he says, yeah, and I'm loving you through it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm I'm loving you. I'm here every day for you as, as you keep on laying this at my cross. And I think that's the part of the beautiful thing is that he's taught us how to come to him. He's given us this amazing door of coming into the throne through the word and through prayer that allows that to take place. You know, the, the victory of the cross. Yeah. And that makes me think of Jesus saying that he endured the cross because of the joy set before him. Like what was to have that long Mm -hmm. view. Right. 
of dream what's on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Angela, I would like to say something relative to what you just mentioned. Because when, when I watch TV and there's people having public discourse, they often start their response with either the word look or the word listen. Look, here's what we got to do. Or, mm. or, or listen. This is what, you know, and they're always trying to give you their, their point of view. Jesus is tempted in the wilderness, and he starts with, it is written. Mm. He's not trying to share a perspective. He's telling you what God's word says. Yeah, this Those is Jesus's well, is Jesus's opinion, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it it's the word. But, yeah. but yeah. he goes not to his feelings, not to his emotions. Mm-hmm. He goes to what he knows to be true. It is written. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. I just love those words. And well, what the devil knows is true as well. Right. Yeah, Interestingly right. enough, and he's he like, you already flee. know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, here's a question from a listener. What are the differences in how men and women approach God in worship? Mm. I can't speak for a man. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I if I'd either. be able to. I, I can tell you what I see in my home with three men, but I can't speak for them. All right. Maybe you can talk about how you approach God in worship. Mm. So, uh, one it, of my favorite things about set apart is the worship. <laughs> just kidding. Kind of, I won't bring it back to set apart. No, set apart. Really nice. Thank what you. is the set apart, <laughs> Angela? Sign up now. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, worship has been an evolution. I know that's a scary word, you know, in our Christian world sometimes. It's been an evolution for me. The the more God has walked in and changed and redeemed uh, my heart, the more my hands go up, the more I don't care what other people are thinking, the more the joy just bubbles up in me. And um, and it happens spontaneously. I don't go in and, and just start worshiping full. Usually, I'm listening to the words and I'm, you know, thinking of the Lord on his throne and all he's done. And it just kind of bubbles up. But I know that for me, that came with accepting his love. Um, and, and then in that, I had to break free from what other people might think worship looks like, what's appropriate in some churches, you know, all that mindfulness of, you know, being aware of what makes people comfortable and uncomfortable. And yet when he hits me, I really don't care. You know, I might be the only person with my arms up, but they're up because I'm worshiping my God and I've really forgotten about my surroundings. So um, I think it's individual. Yeah, I was going to say there's probably more differences just between any two humans than the gender may may not play a role. But I guess I don't know that. I only have experiences as a woman. But I would say for me, sometimes worship is also just prayer. And worship music becomes a, a vehicle to be able to say some things that I didn't have words for. Um, I'm a very emotive worshiper, um, not necessarily always like hands in the air or running around the edges of the sanctuary, but I cry a lot in worship. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's not it's not sad and it's not happy. It's just the weight of God's glory falls over me. And that's the way that it comes out it literally in tears out of my eyes. And and I've seen men do that, too. So I don't know if that's a woman or man thing. I just mm-hmm. that's my personal experience. And I think it's because I'm having this ongoing conversation through the worship lyrics and sometimes you know, sometimes the lyrics don't hit me that way. And then there's a song that it's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where this is coming from, but that is exactly what I needed to tell God, or that's exactly what God needed to tell me in this moment. And I didn't know it was coming. And now I feel the weight of that moment between me and him. And I I, I don't know if that's gender specific. I'd also say that I sometimes worship outside of the definition of singing. So I don't know if that is what they're talking about, but I've had some of the most powerful worship in moments where I've just taken a breath and reflected on something that God just did mm-hmm. in my life. And I felt this swelling of worship in my in my spirit. And mm-hmm. it had nothing to do with the church service. I, I 
tell the story. Sometimes I've had, I had a moment where I was doing something that God had called me to do. I took a bathroom break and I had a moment in the bathroom by myself and with God. Mm-hmm. I was not in a sanctuary. I was in the restroom and it was a huge <laughs> moment. So I, I don't know if that's specific to my gender. <laughs> I know in the middle of the night, I have had amazing worship by just reading his scripture back to him. Mm. You know, I just start reading his scripture. I'm up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden, I don't know that, you know, atmosphere changes. I could read to him all night long and it's just beautiful and it's connecting. I know a lot of people, theologians, um, people who are more, not that none of us here aren't intellectually based, but, you know, people who are, have a harder time emoting um, emotionally they worship him with his mind, with mm-hmm. their mind, like mm-hmm. just digging in for questions. I've met and have several friends who that is their form of worship. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says that. He says, those who worship me, God is spirit, and those who worship me must worship in spirit and in truth. And I'm glad that you pointed out, Kim, that worship can sometimes become synonymous with the music part of the church service <laughs> mm-hmm. once a week. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the way the Bible actually positions worship. That could be a part of it. And mm-hmm. praise is definitely a part of worship, but worship is an attitude and a posture of the heart that says that God is great. God is all things. Who, who am I that God is mindful of me? And yet he's inviting me into his court. What can I do except praise? What can I do except call him worthy? And it's that, that humbleness of heart and the love and honor and reverence that we're approaching God with. That is the position of worship. I think many times there might be a stereotypical guy who doesn't feel comfortable doing things like pouring their heart out when they feel like they're in public. So maybe their truest mo- moments of worship are in the privacy of their own house when they're there with the word of God and they're being just gut level honest with the God who made them and they, you know, they have to fall on their face or on their knees and just pour their heart out to God. I think that is a moment of worship. Um, So maybe the church service experience could be very different for guys than for women. Um, Again, we're, we're sort of limited to our own experience there. (laughs) We're speculating. But yeah, yeah, I I think it's important to point out that worship happens outside, can also happens outside of the church service. I mean, that's why Jesus came that God no longer dwells in the Holy of Holy. That veil was ripped from top Mm -hmm. to bottom. Jesus has made a way that we can worship and be with him all the time. And so for me, the most worshipful times are some are, have been on the North Shore in Minnesota along Lake Superior. And just looking at the grandeur and the beauty of it, it just wells up worship within my soul. Mm. Anybody on 35W on most days can say can agree to that because I've got, I'm, you know, KTIS is cranked and I'm worshiping and I don't, you know, it's it's happening in my car mm-hmm. listening to music. It's happening when I listen on, to Faith Radio on my way home. It's, yeah, it's all the time. Good save, Rosie. I know, I looked at you and I'm like, yeah, Faith Radio yeah. on my way home. Yeah. Right you're, listening. In the afternoon. you're listening to the amazing and insightful Queens of the Roundtable. Let us know what questions you have. 877-93-FAITH, 877-93-FAITH. We'll be right back. nursing.
Welcome back to the show. So glad that we are having the amazing and insightful Queens of the Round Table. We've got Rebecca, we've got Rosie, we've got Angela, and we've got Kim. That's the power panel today. So you can ask anything you like. Here's a question that I'm curious about, uh, ladies. If you, uh, how do you do at, with everything you consume, sermons, books, music, movies, how good are you at looking at this through the lens of God? Is it something that you think about constantly, or is it something that's right nearby but not right in front of you? I'm not, I, I will confess that I don't always do it well. Um, but so I'm an alum of the University of Northwestern, and one of the things that they wanted to teach students was how to critically think about everything that you're taking in. And I feel like it's a it's a habit. It's something that you practice, just like we were talking about the the being being restored, being sanctified. That I, I think this falls under that same category. That you train yourself to do that to be, be, until it becomes a habit. I think your appetite changes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closer I walk with the Lord, I you know I can almost watch what I desire. Um, for inputs, whether it you know be books or movies or something, and it can be very uh, relational to where I am with God. If I've been really spending time in the Word, if I've been um, you know on my knees in prayer, I have actually left movies because it just it doesn't sit right in my spirit, and I just I can't do it anymore. And there's been times where I'm like, oh, this is okay. And I, well, as soon as I have that response, I go, oh, where am I? Yeah. <laughs> I feel dirty. <laughs> I feel, ooh, yeah. Lord, I, yeah, that, that's, this doesn't feel familiar anymore. So <laughs> I, I must be sliding. So um, for me, I don't know, I, Kim, for me, it was a change that the, the Lord was doing in me. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. Like when you are, you know, it's I, when you were saying habit, Angela, I was thinking it's a discipline, right? Like mm-hmm, you could put that mm-hmm. in the same category as making sure that you are, are doing all those other things that keep you close to the God. Not that God is far from us. He's actually very close to us, but that we would be able to recognize him. Mm-hmm. It takes discipline, like being able to be in the word every day and praying and conversing with him and some some of those other disciplines. It's almost on the same level. And I, and I was also thinking about the idea of what you control versus what you don't control in for in terms of what you see you know i mean i've seen billboards where i'm like they put that on the side of the road for anybody to see and now i've seen that so how do i respond to that do i just take in any manner of of media or am i going to be able to filter that out and say you know i need to take that to god and help him you know ask for help because i'm not going to be able to move forward i definitely have um there's certain things that you know language or violence or just the mistreatment of a character in a show can really trigger me because I don't think that that's what God wants me to be seeing. And it's, and it triggers that like justice in me or, or it just, it takes me away, my mind away from, you know, I think about, um, gosh, I'm blanking on the reference, but you know, whatever is true, whatever is perfect, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. Those are the things we should be thinking about. Philippians 4. Thank you. I knew it was in Philippians and I was like, I got you. Thank you. Um, You know, we should be focusing on those things. And when it goes up against that list, it's really easy to tell most of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also think it's, it reminds me of the discussion we had recently with Mark Senius, who's a professor here at Northwestern. And 
And he said something in a way that I hadn't thought about much before, but he was talking about intentionality, specifically about movies. When we're preparing to watch a film, he said, how about we pray and we prepare our heart? If we do that before we eat, if we do it before we gather, before we're intentionally entering into this act, how about we pray? Before we see a movie or a show or something like that. And just other and, things. And I loved that yeah. because it, it brings us, it brings our mind and our heart and our spirit all into the same place at the same time and recognizes, all right, I'm about to do this thing and I'm, I want to honor God mm-hmm. in just like I would any other time. But how about I look at it through that lens and intentionally putting that lens in front of my eyes before I'm about to view something? I think that that makes a big difference. I've started to do that. And also we have young kids at home. And so that is yet another lens that helps us realize, you know what, if I don't want my kids seeing it, it's probably not good for me to be seeing it as a child of God either. Yeah. All right. Can you be good without God? Because I, I, I know people who are way nicer than me who aren't even Christians. Well, we're all created in God's image. So we are all his handiwork, mm-hmm. every human. Um, God, I, that's... <sighs> I'm going to get myself into trouble. <laughs> I was wondering what your definition of good is. Mm. Yeah, well, probably someone who is generous, kind, uh, looks out for other people, um, has a, a sense of just a generous spirit. Mm. And you go, that's a pretty good person. And yet they don't have Christ in their life. And you, you might have a relationship with them and you want them to come to Christ. But that- they seem to do so many things so well, and they make time for people, and they're mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. and sweet and loving. I think, you know, I think we all have met people like that. I had neighbors that were like that, and, um, you know, I pray for them that they would have an understanding. You know, Romans says, for some it's written on their heart, that they would have an understanding and uh, an ability to give gratitude to the Lord who brought them this goodness. You know, I think that's always the missing piece is the why we're doing it could be for somebody else. But if you're doing a good deed, not for just the benefit of somebody else, but Lord, I love you. And I'm so thankful for who you are in my life. And, and I serve others out of gratitude for you and for your love. It's a, there's a different motivation there. And um, it takes it from a very man-centered desire to be good to a very God-centered desire to be good, which is, or to do good, um, would be a better way of saying that. And I think that's that's like night and day to me. It's the reason of why you're doing it. Yeah, I, it, what, when you were talking, I was thinking about the scripture where Jesus said, people will say, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your right. name, we healed in your name, but he's saying, I don't know you. Right. So I yes. I think people can do good and be be good and do good things and not know Jesus. I agree. And 95% mm-hmm. of people believe in the existence of God, but only 75% uh, say there is, no ab- there is no absolute truth. So there's a lot of people who say, there's a God out there, but ah, there's no absolute truth. I just think that is a huge um, example of how important study is. And our Amen. Christian schools, uh, I had, I was in a K-12 uh, school for eight years working there. And there was a pastor who came in to teach a class and he was not convinced that Christian education was necessarily the best um, thing for us as a society always, because not everybody can afford it and all, and all the arguments that go around that. But he left 
that semester completely humbled and he said, I didn't realize how much effort it takes to teach and how much we need our teachers and to be taught of the word because then you wouldn't have such arguments. You would be like, yes, there is a God and, and this is why. And, you know, it's just, it's that foundation to be able to defend your faith. All right, let's um, talk about some scary things. There's been a lot of news lately about this coronavirus. It seems like it's getting closer and closer to a neighborhood near you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dum, dum, dum. So how do we, how do we talk about uh, fear? And, and how do you put this in perspective when you're having a conversation with someone about how you view what's going on in the world related to this? such a complex issue, isn't it? Well, God's in control for sure. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And yet I have a husband who has one lung and um, we watch for that. We, God is our protector and our provider. We know that. And yet the wisdom to walk in wisdom and wash hands and not be around people who are sick and all these type of things is a very present reality in our house. I spoke with my brother about this last night, this specific topic actually, And I said, what do you think about all of the, you know, people storehousing goods and all that kind of thing? And and he said something so wise. He said, I'm hoping that this virus gives us a platform to talk about the protective love of Christ, but also to share our wealth in peace as well as our staples. If you are somebody who's prepared that if something should ever hit our shores, whether it be coronavirus or anything else, that you'll have extra to share and to use that as an example to um, bring the love of Christ into conversation. And I just loved that perspective. I hadn't thought of that before. I think it's important to to get your information from a reputable source. So maybe not social media mm-hmm. and um, and even the news. I think they can spin things to make them sound kind of sensationalized, but going to the CDC and seeing what information is there. I have a sister who's a nurse, and her hospital is preparing for it. And at the CDC, they have a whole pamphlet of how you prepare for um, prepare your household for a pandemic flu. So I think you can for sure know and trust that God is in control of things. But then there are also things that we can do to prepare. Go to a reputable source and make sure your household is ready to be prepared. Well, Joseph prepared. Mm-hmm. I mean, he think of how he prepared. Uh, Rebecca and I were talking about that today, mm-hmm. yeah. weren't we? We everybody that listens must think that we don't do any work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we talk. It's called show prep. It, it <laughs> Every conversation becomes useful sooner, or later, sooner right? or later, right? And, and I love about Joseph. I love the contrast between being scared and being prepared because mm-hmm. I think one is a response without hope, and one is one that has hope and trust. Uh, because I have no idea whether or not I will be, you know, sick or healthy, or, and none of that is my con- in my control, and it never was. But sometimes there are good reminders that when the world becomes fearful, that we can't let that creep into our own hearts, but to recognize the truth of a situation and say, okay, there's a possible danger here. I see it. Thank you, Lord, for enabling me to prepare and giving me this kind of of. Um, foresight to be able to see, you know what, there's a danger here. How about I, as a virtuous woman or man, shore up my own household and be ready to share with others, whether that's, you know, hand sanitizer or face masks or just having some extra food in case of a winter storm or anything like that. It's not, it's not uh, always like you can't stop it. 
but God is in control. And trusting that in his power enables me to do whatever I might find in my power to be wise. When I think of opioid deaths in 2019, there were 69,029 people who died of opioid overdose. And there will be, I think, six to 8,000 people dying in traffic accidents this year because of distracted driving from texting alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can be concerned about. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, I have to put this in perspective and go, well, there was the SARS virus several years ago, and this is something that could be challenging or not. And I just know that God's in control and my days are, are ordained. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to do like what you said, Rebecca, just be prepared and never leave I the house. Yeah I, think it's, <laughs> yeah, I think it's holding the tension, the tension between those of trusting and preparing. Mm-hmm. And also back to Philippians 4 is if it's, if it's becoming obsessive in your mind, the line's been crossed. You have to be accountable to the enemy is working on you with fear. And so situations like this, I think, can allow for growth, for the refining in God to say, to to look at your response and say, what is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Have I been giving into fear more than I think? And let the Lord and the Holy Spirit work with that and redeem that. All so right. it's a good time for I'm gonna accountability. I'm going to go to a break, but I want to hear again about the Set Apart Conference coming up. Oh, yay. We'd love to talk about that. Would you uh, <laughs> tell our listeners about that? Oh, sure. Right now we're at... Right now. Oh, right now. Go ahead, Angela. Uh, So Set Apart is March 6th and 7th, 7th and 8th. Help me. 6th and 7th. So 6th and 7th, that's next Friday and Saturday right here at the University of Northwestern. And for every... You can register for just Friday, just Saturday, or both days. With every registration, you get to attend three workshops you get two large group keynote sessions, and you get one catered lunch by Bon Appetit. You can also per buy per day, yes. And you can um, also pay just a little bit more and go to our keynote luncheon, which is with Allie or Crystal, and you get to go in the NAS Great Room, which is a beautiful space, and um, have an interview. Rosie's actually going to be interviewing Allie, Allie on, Worthing on Saturday. Yes, I stalked her. For days and days and days. <laughs> She's I so fun. To do it. She is fun. Yes. I think I'm just going to be like <laughs> starstruck or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then we have uh, Purchase with a Purchase. And so we have three um, organizations that are coming onto campus, the Lemonade Boutique, Three Seams, and Elevate. And they are all fair trade companies that really value partnering with artisans, paying a fair wage, being sustainable. It's going to be great. And I'm excited about some things that we have going we're just, the Holy Spirit has really been leading. We're going to have a session in our creative expo about listening prayer. Mm-hmm. And our opening is going to be very worshipful. Katie Dahl. Yeah, yes, Katie Dahl. But wonderful. The, but then the worship won't only be singing. It'll be prayer and reflection. And I think, I am so excited. I think yeah. it's going to be so great. Is there a website to head over to? Yes, yeah, setapartconference.com. Setapartconference.com. Coming up next weekend. Get it on your calendar. We'll take a short break. Be right back.
All right, we are back with the amazing and insightful Queens of the Roundtable. We've got Rebecca and Rosie and Kim, and Angel had to go. She did. But she did fantastic. She loves this, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it and, feeds her. Yeah, Rosie, you get a lot of chance to do listener engagement, mm-hmm. and you've uh, met some pretty fantastic listeners, haven't you? I have. Yeah. It's, um, I, I don't know why I have, um, that God has just by, except by his love, have given me such favor. But yes, I do get to know personally many, many listeners and partners of both Faith and KTIS. It's uh, just made me a better person over and over. And we have one listener today, Bill, that is listening. She called to say that she was going to be listening. Sweet. Her name is Janet. Hey, Janet. Janet, this is for you. We know Hi, that Janet. you're listening and um, praying for you as she is fighting back cancer. And she just gets... Um, she's just so faithful to Faith and um, KTIS, and she uh, listens, and she's just standing on the Word of God to fight this back. That's outstanding. So, Janet, thanks for listening. All right. Um, let's talk about something that you think is missing in the world where you could contribute to. Mm, it's a big question. That is a huge question. And here's, here's the other question, this, the sister question to it, is what evil... Uh, do you see in the world that you could be a part of stopping or slowing oh. down? Oh, I, I've got an answer. Kim, do you have an answer for that one? Still thinking. You go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't under, I didn't really have an answer the first time until you gave the second question. That's and, why I gave it. Uh, I know for me personally, the Lord has um, blessed me with a, an understanding of my identity in him. I, I have no power, but all the authority I need. And so I have a passion to teach people to pray scripture and um, the Lord's word never returns to him void. It is written is what you started, you know, we talked yes. about earlier. And to stand on the word of God when you are in those spots like Janet is, or you have a child who's a prodigal, but to stand on Acts 16, um, 31, which says, for those who trust in the Lord, thine and thy house will be saved. I mean, you are really claiming the territory away from the enemy that he thinks he, he wants to get from you. And someone told me once... Um, that Jesus knows who you are, the enemy knows who you are, we're the only ones confused, right? Mm. <laughs> and so um, to push back, I mean, I am passionate about pushing back the enemy off our territory with the Word of God. I love it. Now, so the question is, what is missing in the world that you could contribute to? And you say, Rosie, that you can help people pray Scripture. Yes. That's wonderful. Anybody who wants to listen and many people who don't. <laughs> I get on a right. soapbox, Bill. I like I start. People are like, "Can you pray for me?" I'm like, "Oh no, I'm going to teach you how to pray for yourself." <laughs> Let's fantastic. get some scripture it. out. That's great. Let's equip people, though. Let's give yes. people tools, right? Right. Well, I think there's nothing more powerful than the Word of God. Well, and we have to aware, be aware that we're in a battlefield. You know, Christ has been the ultimate victor, but we are in the battlefield for souls and um, for people's eternal lives. And just you know, it's not to me. It's the part that we're loved is so important, but God says, stand up. You know, I've given you my name. So to claim our territory that he already won, ah, let's get to it. You know, it, it just fires me up. I love it. I'm looking your way. Yeah, I was just thinking about, um, well, we were talking a little bit about fear with the coronavirus and other things. And and I'm someone who has definitely battled anxiety and fear and, and still battle from time to time. And I think the the opposite of that, well, there's probably a few opposites, but thinking about just having God's joy 
I think that's missing from people's lives. And I interact with lots of people at church. Uh, I read the text line that we get here at Faith Radio, and there's so many people who are just struggling to find both happiness and joy, and they are different. And and God wants us to be in a place where we can accept what he has that's good for us and to, to live out of his joy and that, let that be our strength like it talks about in Nehemiah. And, and I think we are missing that a lot, and it can be easy to get bogged down in circumstances. I know I do, and that's where my fear and my anxieties rise up because I, it's a place where I don't have control. But you can be joyful in the midst of feeling completely out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm still learning that, but that's something that, you know, in learning that and experiencing it myself, maybe I can share more about how I'm getting more better and better at that and what God is showing me. And I think it's an it's an everyday type of thing. It yeah. is a daily mm-hmm. a daily battle and God gives us grace I think for each and every day. Those new mercies every morning and and learning to claim those. I think the world around us is such a deceptive place and I've always been a, attracted to the notion of seeing things the way they are and Lord help me to know your truth. Mm. I want to know the truth and I know how that that can be scary and that can be you know can feel like you're trapped in a tornado because it's so different the world around us is that that can't be our guide yeah because it will bring us to exactly the wrong place or fool us or or bring us down and that is not how God calls his people to live we are to walk by faith in his truth and I think the what what I would like to tear down and the evil that I see that I want to fight back against are the lies in mm-hmm. this world that try to pull us away from God or claim that God is something other than he is or that we are something other than we are. I don't I don't like that. Um, but at the same time, the spirit of love also has to be present. And that's something where I feel like I want to learn and to grow and continue to check that motivation. Um, initially, when you asked that question, Bill, the first thing that I thought of was something I'm very passionate about is the cause of life mm-hmm. and protecting yeah. protecting children who are literally being led away to slaughter and the women who are being victimized by processes like abortion. Um, but it's so much bigger than that. And so what I would like to, to fight back against is the lie that life is anything other than God breathed and beautiful in his time, in each and every person, and to be able to see in the eyes of people, um, and even to understand before we get to meet them, before they're born, or if they have physical challenges, or if they are nearing the ends of their life, to be able to look in that person's eyes and see what God sees, and see the beauty of their soul, and not to call them a burden, or not to call them you know, unwanted, or, or wrong, or a mistake, because they're none of those things. And we cannot receive those lies. Instead, we have to proclaim the truth that each and every person is here, created in God's image for God's good purpose. He loves them, and so should we. Would your friends consider you a safe space and a good listener? Hmm. Am I, I talking so. at the yeah, time? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Am I talking at the time? No, you can't be talking. You have to be listening. Failure. I hope so. Isn't that what everybody hopes? You know, I, I think we're hungry for safe spaces. I think so. We, we've got all these raw emotions, and where do we go with mm-hmm. them? Obviously to the Lord. But we also want to be in community processing with other people. You know, I, I have a really transparent story to say. I, I um, had a friendship with a woman, and I noticed that when I was in friendship with her, we gossiped a ton. And it, oh gosh, what year was that? It's got, it had to be in the early 2000s. But 
um, what I realized was that I stopped as I as I was noticing our conversation. I stopped confiding because I couldn't trust <laughs> that it wouldn't be passed on to all these other people because I was hearing all these other things, and that was a really important step for the Lord with me to say you are make sure that you can be that confidence that you're not going to pass on other people's um, prayers or wishes or um, you know places. And I really had to take that into account. And it's a decision. It's an intentional decision to be a safe place for somebody. Yeah, it's never right to gossip unless Mm-mm. it's really no. juicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I Even think moving, moving away from judgment and yeah. part of what is a challenge for those of us who are talkers is that we immediately want to solve the problem or we want mm-hmm. to give advice. And, and maybe we just need to be quiet and listen for a while so we can hear what God is saying to us through the conversation. Yeah. Right. Well... Ladies, thank you so much. It's been a great hour with the amazing and insightful Queens of the Roundtable. Thank you for listening to the show today. Thanks for the guys for coming in hour one and the ladies in hour two. It's been a wonderful hour. And again, March 26th, Thursday night, we're going to have a live taping of Afternoons with me. It's going to be 7 p.m. right here at the uh, studio. We're going to have uh, Peter Kapster and Jim Bilby. They were in Guide Talk hour one. We're going to talk about living in a post-Christian world Bring your questions. It's going to be a lively night. Go to MyFaithRadio.com to sign up. Get your name on the list. Seating is limited, so the sooner you sign up, the better. Thanks very much for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Have a great night. As you lay your head on that pillow, know that God is working out His great plan in your life. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.